You're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. This is the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopoulos. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Ryan Hamilton. But I do find that the, the actual craft of comedy is an hour. Like, to me, that is being a real professional comedian like that's what you want to do is you want to be able to entertain people for an hour we had a fun chat with ryan about uh, his new netflix special and how comedy is viewed today and performed versus how it was you know back in the 80s and 90s and such a really fun chat we also have a song of the week coming up from the 1975 but first of course we have a dumb bit This is a segment we like to call, I Thought It Was Funny. So just to bring you up to speed real quick, uh, I Thought It Was Funny is just uh, a little thing I saw on the news. I have a little bit of a punchline to it, and that's really all I have. I don't have a full bit for it. But perhaps you saw this. Well, the Daily Mail, Fox News, other outlets being slammed for sharing those photos. A lot of criticism actually being pointed towards this tweet from Fox News, which reads, Cosby Show actor Jeffrey Owens spotted bagging groceries at New Jersey Trader Joe's. And Yes, uh, the independent newspaper and Fox News here in the United States uh, both going after former Cosby Show actor Jeffrey Owens uh, because he was found working in a supermarket in New Jersey. But uh, first of all, here's the first weird thing about this is that number one, uh, dude is still a working actor. Looking at IMBD right now, he is uh, finishing production on a film. Uh, two films, actually, and he has been, he's one of these guys that's actually been in something every year. He has a guest shot in something every year. He was uh, in elementary this past year. He was in the blacklist uh, the year before and Lucifer and Blue Bloods and Divorce in 2016. So he's one of these guys that works, you know, regularly. And maybe that might not be enough to pay all of the bills. Likely he also has to keep insurance. I don't know if, if one gig a year is enough to keep your insurance uh, in the Actors Guild or the Actors Union. I don't know anything about that. But what I find funny about this in kind of a, well, a sad sort of way, but a funny uh, way nonetheless, is that Fox News, uh, this Fox News... People like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton do not deserve to be called civil rights leaders. They are not. They are hustlers and pimps who make a living off inflaming racial tensions. Talking Points believes the day of the race hustlers is coming to an end. He went to foxnews.com and saw the story where race did suddenly come to the forefront. The reason Trayvon Martin died was because he looked a certain way. Fox News was shaming a black guy for having a steady job. I thought it was funny. Ryan Hamilton is a stand-up comedian originally from Idaho. His latest Netflix special is called Happy Face, and you can catch that on the streaming service right now. And here now is our chat with Ryan Hamilton. But anyway, so, uh, so it has been a while, uh, probably a year or two since we last spoke, so I would ask you, uh, what's new? <laughs> well, let's see. Did I have a Netflix special out last we spoke? I don't think so. Okay, so the Netflix special came out. Now it's been almost exactly a year. 
Okay. And um, that's been really great. I mean, it's really, um, I, you know, my touring business has uh, really seen, uh, it's been greatly affected by that. So um, I'm pretty pleased um, with that and just doing a lot of stand-up. Um, what else is new? I've been working and developing TV shows and things, but it's all in the development stage. Okay. Um, and uh, just writing uh, stand-up like, like mad. So um, what else is new? I don't know. I mean, I've just been on the road a lot, but the, the Netflix special is probably the most significant thing in terms of my career that's uh, happened in the last several years, so... That's cool. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I, I kind of picture you as like, uh, uh, as Jackie Cation likes to refer to people sometimes, that one of the golden retrievers, Jackie Cation uses the phrase, uh, describes Uncle Penis as the golden retriever of comedy. Uh, everyone's oh. everyone's always happy to see you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Jackie said that about uh, me? Or about and just in, she just says that in general about some comedians, but I imagine right. you would fall into that category because, you know, <laughs> who, who doesn't love... Who doesn't love Ryan Hamilton? And I imagine more so these days because in our divisive culture, you probably see our breath of fresh air uh, rolling in the town. I hope to be. I, I try very hard to be a breath of fresh air. I like, um, you know, I like people to come out of the show feeling good, no matter what we talk about. I like to, uh, I like people to come out feeling good. And most of what you talk about is, you know, the the, the silly things that happen to you and, and sort of the experiences you have. Right. I try to uh, draw from my own life, and uh, I don't know if that's interesting or not, but I hope it's funny. And um, I try to be, you know, somewhat broad. I kind of enjoy that. I enjoy working for an audience that's broad. I find that for me personally, I enjoy, um, you know, those uh, pushes me a bit. Create creatively, and I like that. Um, I like all. I like comedy all over the spectrum. But for me, um, I'm enjoying that right now. Is there a type of comedy that you wish you could do, but you don't? Because I know, like some people, uh, I'm talking to some folks that really enjoy physical comedy, but they would never do physical comedy. I know your act kind of gets physical. You have a lot of nice act outs and stuff. So I do gets... a, a little physical stuff. Here yeah, yeah. I really am of the school of like. Whatever tools you have at your disposal, you should use those. So if I'm doing it on stage, I feel I'm just trying to use everything I've got. <laughs> I feel <laughs> about it. So um, yeah, I, I what, what do I wish that I had? I don't know. Like impressions, I mean, maybe, I or I don't know, character impressions, maybe characters. I don't know. There's just cause... yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, very early on, I did a couple of like. I mean, this is like. My first, you know, month of comedy, I used to do Jimmy Stewart and things <laughs> like that. And um, I think a lot of comedians start out going, oh, I, I could uh, mimic somebody. And that's yeah. like a way to get a laugh uh, when you don't have any jokes. Not that impressionists I aren't, don't have jokes. That's not wrong. I love a good impressionist. I think it's very entertaining and hilarious. But um, let's see. I, you know, I have some friends who are like very eloquent and... Um, in their word choice and like uh my good friend gary goldman i'm always um, oh, love so gary goldman. Of oh, his man. craftsmanship behind a joke and his um his vocabulary you know <laughs> and you just uh you watch gary and you go wow he's so well read <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, 
I wish I had more of that sometimes, maybe, but um, I do what I can. So does that inspire you to kind of like, you know, uh, maybe read the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times instead of maybe, I don't know, uh, the Inquirer or whatever? I, I don't know. Does- <laughs> yeah, I try to be informed. I mean, it's funny you say that because actually I've been on a kick now where I'm actually reading physical newspapers. I buy them. They're hard to find unless you have a subscription, but yeah. I'm on the road so much that it's, I can't get a subscription, but... Um, you know, I just like to pick up a newspaper. Now that's kind of my go-to airplane reading because I'll just grab a paper in the airport. I find I retain more and uh, I learn more than, you know, watching cable news or just scrolling through whatever headlines online. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to be informed and be a good student good good citizen yeah the thing i still find irritating about and i'm 52 so i'm a little older than you about okay. reading the paper online is that you know i was thinking about this the other day. I, we were out uh, on vacation and i the co-taught the usa today and even though it's paper thin now not nearly what it used to be i was still excited right. to be able to read a physical newspaper and because when you look at it online still any newspaper website does this it jumps all over the place. The pop-up ads keep popping up. Hey, would you like to subscribe? Would you like our email? No, I just want to read the news. Leave me alone. Just stop. <laughs> and then you click on a story, but right before you click on it, the page jumps and it clicks on something else. And like, ah, oh, what a pain in the ass. Just give me a newspaper. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's. Uh, I just, yeah. I enjoy the tactile feel of holding something yeah. in my hand. And I like the noise and the smell. And I like... Um, yeah, if I find something I like, I fold it up and I, I keep it and I read it later again. And I, I just, uh, I don't know. It is, it's a funny thing that we're like going back to that. But I do, I do feel like there's some value in it. Yeah. Well, vinyl's coming back, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. My my daughter is deep into vinyl, and I I sold all my vinyl because anything anything I got on CD. I didn't see the point in keeping any vinyl for it. Had I known back then, I might have kept right. some for her. But uh, yeah, the only vinyl I have left is stuff that I just I can't find on CD. So, right, yeah, I think I would like to get into vinyl. I like anything that's I don't know you can feel. I think we have a. I think just as a culture, it just seems like lately everybody kind of yearns for something real and. Uh, you can hold vinyl and you can see it. You yes. can relish in it, you know. Well, that's what I tell her. And because I always make fun of her because, like, I tell her what my friend Pat Francis says is that it's the, the most inconvenient way to listen to music. Oh, let me put this on and then go across right. the room and turn it back over. So I always tease her and she gets mad at me about it. But then we're supposed to have a record party sometimes with some of the old records I did keep and some of the ones she's bought. And I'm like, well, I do enjoy the fact that you can hold the – it's a big presentation. You can read the liner notes. And when they have liner notes, that's, you know, that's the one thing I do miss about it is that it, it was an experience in that sense right yeah it's a whole it's a whole thing you you kind of uh it's yeah yeah i just turn on music now you know on stream music and it's whatever i don't even know who i'm listening to anymore but if you have if you seek something out you buy it you put it on you know what you're listening to you're listening to something that you chose that you want to listen to you worked for it yeah i like that yeah. Do you think that's true of like of comedy? Because now you see all these little you know snippets. There's you know I, I love the fact they put the Conan sets up on online now because I don't have cable, so that's actually the best way for me to watch people on Conan. But of course, that's not really usually not indicative of a you know, person's set unless you're Gary Goldman and have the guts to go up there and do that one bit uh, and stick <laughs> to it, which and smash it like he did. Um, 
But uh, do you think people do that with comedy, that they kind of did just doing it in snippets and hearing, but not really in, in investing? Or are these uh, specials that have become so popular again kind of moving in the other direction, letting people really absorb the comedy? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I've actually thought about this a lot lately because I have, you know, now we're seeing, you know, Netflix's streaming specials that are even shorter, 15 minutes. You know, people are releasing 15 minutes on Netflix or half hours. And um, I feel that, um, you know, these specials are, are great because that's really how you can experience a comic best is through the whole thing. But I don't know that people how much people watch um, I, I but I do find that the, the actual craft of comedy like is an hour like to me that is being a real professional comedian like that's what you want to do is you want to be able to entertain people for an hour and and build a set that has ebbs and flows and highs and lows and you know, opens and closes and, <clears throat> you know, exposes people to who you are. All of that stuff, I feel like that's, um, that's really the, like the highest level to me of comedy. Those late night sets are very difficult to do. Just, uh, you know, the level of difficulty on those is, is difficult because a short amount of time is hard. But I think, you know, I, I hope we don't lose that the 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 skill and the craft of, of doing an hour because I, I really feel like to me that's very different than the five minutes. It's just in the skill of putting it together and learning how to do an hour. It's a very different skill. So I hope we don't lose that. I, uh, maybe it is kind. Of, it's interesting. We're talking about this in terms of vinyl because it's like I was going to say, yeah. It's like, you know, when we lost vinyl, we lost the album. Nobody's right. doing an album anymore. Yes. And that's kind of uh, interesting, you know. You get a full flow in an album, the beginning, and different songs, and how they structure the whole album, I imagine. I'm not a musician, but uh, we don't listen to albums anymore. I hope we don't lose that with stand-up. It's interesting how, when you think about it now, different art forms kind of settle on different parameters you know, to, in television uh, a comedy usually you know 22 to 30 minutes a drama 45 to 60 minutes a painting is usually a, uh, within a certain size ratio there there's huge ones the last supper is a real big one the sistine chapel ceiling of course and things like that. but everything seems to settle you know an album is 10 songs is good for an album maybe 12 double albums can get a bit you know get, right. that can be a bit much so that's interesting how things yeah these things do tend to settle themselves out into a uh, into a certain you know, format and length. Yeah, we you know we have no constraints on length anymore with streaming platforms. It's like you know television with advertising and time constraints had like you know a sitcom had to be twenty three minutes or twenty one minutes or whatever. And uh, you know now it's like it's however long the story is. I feel yeah we can we still kind of go to these hours for some reason, but. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, maybe we'll get to a point where it's like this is my special, and it's an hour and twenty minutes because that's yeah. how long it is, or forty-seven minutes because that's how long it is. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, but it's an interesting thing to think about. I do find that in a live show, um, if people, are, if I have my own audience coming to see me. Like an hour to me seems like about the right length for a special if you're going to release a special. But in a live show, I find I like 
an hour of my set isn't quite long enough. Like maybe an hour ten, an hour fifteen is, and like a ten fifteen minute opener is a more appropriate set length for a live show. Maybe it's because people planned, they bought a ticket, they came out, and they expect a little more. When you're at home, just sitting through, you just go, "Oh, this is. I got other things to do. I got an hour to watch or whatever." But um, yeah, it's interesting. Think about time and how it settles out in different places. And, yeah, I think in a way, it's of all the art forms, you know, it's probably benefited stand up the most. In that, when I was a kid, uh, you saw guys and gals on the Tonight Show, and then later the David Letterman. But that's really the only way you saw comedy. And then, if you liked the person, maybe they had an album. And it's kind of the '80s war on. People started doing that, and then there were some specials on cable, but not nearly. You still had to get pretty big to make uh, a, a special. Uh, right. For HBO or Showtime or something, and uh, yeah, but if you know those those late night sets, that w- that was it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's true uh, that you know we talk about all the time how you know it was what you had to do then was get on the Tonight Show, and yep. that was the goal. And now it's like we don't really know what to do. You know, it's like you can do a lot of the different things, but. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, those, but those, uh, also, just for what it's worth, those sets, um, were longer too, a little bit. You know, oh, a lot of yeah. those old tonight sets are eight minutes, which are, you know, twice as long as, uh, the late night sets now. Because the Tonight Show was, I think, two hours. It was uh, a long hour and a half. Show, it was an hour know? and a half, and then they yeah. cut it back to an hour, like in the, right when I was able to stay up to watch it, it they had cut it back to an hour, and that's when Letterman. Oh no! It was the Tomorrow Show came on at twelve thirty, and then Letterman took that slot. Yeah, so. right, right. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. You could you could even see now, as I'm recalling, you could see comedy in the middle of the day, the Dinah Shore Show and Mike Douglas. Right. Yeah, you don't see that so much anymore. No. Um, yeah, uh, that would be fun. I, I I would love to like. Every once in a while, Ellen will have a stand-up on. She has over the years a few, and I just think that would be really cool. That's oh, yeah. something I would love to do. Um, just a different audience and seems to fit my audience. You know, something like that would be fun. Yeah. But we don't see that anymore. I, I don't know why. That's true. Like, and, and the, uh, the the breakfast shows, of course, they they make you guys and gals go, you know, down at 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, and that's not the right format. Maybe later in the day is is uh, better. Yeah. You know, yeah, morning's that's, difficult. Everybody's yeah. tired. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you just don't, and they'll yeah. show clips sometimes. But then it's like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. That's probably got to be one of the. Do you, do you still have to do that in in summer? I imagine now that you've got the Netflix special, you kind of like could move past that. But doing morning radio and morning TV is that something you still have to? Oh no, I still do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I still do it. Like the club, you know, um, they have a relationship kind of ongoing with a lot of these outlets, so yeah. they like to have you go do it if you're in town. So. You know, I like to help and do what I can and get the word out, so I'll go do it. Um, yeah. You know, and I guess sometimes if you, I find it helpful. If you have, like, a relationship, if you've done it a couple of times before, if you, if you know, they like Bob and Tom, of course. Um, right. Yeah, they they know a lot of the comedian. They're very involved in the comedy community, so they know. Right. But if you're just some morning zoo guy in Dallas, and, you know, you don't know him from Adam, and you show up, and it's like, oh, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. It can be challenging. Yeah. It can be challenging. It's um, it's a, it's its own little skill too. Stand up's full of these 
little skills I've found over the years, and they're all a little different, you know. Doing panel uh, is on a talk show is different than doing stand-up. Yes. Doing radio is different uh, than doing panel on a TV show. Um, something like this, a little more long-form interview, is different than, uh, you know, uh, a print short interview. I know this is print also, but... Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's stand-up, and so you learn how to get good at stand-up, and then you go, oh, i got to do all these other things, you know? It's like the late-night set and, like, the industry showcase, you know? It's like all these different little skills, and each one you do a bunch of times until you get good at, good at them. Um, but they're all slightly different. Yeah, do you ever, like, um, ever feel that maybe sometimes you're either, like, not so much out of your element, but there's some things you're less comfortable doing than, because Mitch Hedberg used to have that joke, you know, it's like you go to California and they want to do all this other stuff, and they're like, oh, wow, you can, you're a cook, that's great, can you farm? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that, that joke has been like, um, I've thought about that joke so much over the last few months, because, you know, I've been doing, I've been, for the first time, getting into this kind of development world, figuring out what I want to do there and what kind of stories I want to tell and how I want to tell them and, you know, and navigating, you know, just the possibility of even doing it and where to go and in this changing landscape of everything. Nobody really knows, you know, what's going to happen or where the right place is and everybody's career is a little different. So it's just, I think about that joke all the time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because, it is a little frustrating. It really is. Like you go, well, this is the kind of thing that I've always wanted to do. Like my dream has always been to perform in theaters uh, for live audiences. And that's what I've always wanted to do. I just think, and that's the most fun. And then you start getting towards that and they go, do this and do this and do this. It's like the approach, um, is always kind of like, let's throw a bunch of irons in the fire and see what sticks. Ah. It can be exhausting. Yeah. You know, it can be difficult to take that approach. And, and it's hard to, it's like, I, I just, for me personally, I am a bit of a minimalist, especially in my time management. I like to do one thing well rather than a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Uh, not well. And, so I struggle with that personally to be like, I just feel like I'm ignoring the one thing and, you know, sacrificing a bit of it for to attempt other things. So yeah. it's very difficult just the decisions and navigating those. Is, is, it's really hard to know what to do. Yeah, and when so, sometimes it works the other way where they're presented with a thing and like, well, you know, I would like to try doing that. And, you know, because like writing books, for example, some guys and, and gals are like, oh, yeah, a book would be great because, I, you know, it's a different format for some of this other stuff that I have. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, you know, as a comedian, you you got to follow your gut and you got to, if something interests you, then you got to go for it, you know. And But it's hard with the timing of the rest of the industry. It's like, <laughs> well, we want this from you now. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll have to bend to that maybe or maybe not. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. As you can tell, I'm very confused. Okay. Yeah, but it's working out for you. You got the, the, the Netflix <laughs> special. Your people your people come to see you now, so it's uh, it, it's working. And no matter how you look at it, it, it is working out. Sure. Yeah. It's always forward progress, yeah. There you Even go. Even if it's two steps forward, one step back, it's always, you know, as long as you keep working and have a good attitude and keep creating, um, you know, 
those are the things you can control. You keep doing that, it's going to be okay. Cool. Well, great, man. It was uh, great talking to you again. Glad yeah, I nice to here. talk to you too. Thanks so much. No problem. And so we're we're okay to use this on the podcast. You didn't, sure. You didn't, yeah, no worries. You didn't spill yeah. any tea. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Super. Well, this uh, it'll be in print uh, the week you're up there in Minnesota, of course. Okay. And the, uh, po- I'll keep your publicist apprised of when the uh, uh, podcast drops. Okay. Thanks, man. Great. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Ryan Hamilton for being on the show. Catch Ryan at the Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, September 13th through the 15th. You can also catch him at Zany's in Nashville, October 12th and 13th. And if you need any more information on Ryan Hamilton, go to ryanhamiltonlive.com. Don't forget the Netflix special, Happy Face, currently available on that streaming service. So, we've uh, well, let me do a couple of plugs real quick. Don't forget to uh, follow and like uh, nearly Liza's uh, video channel over there on YouTube, Nearly Liza. And then also uh, Fangirl's blog. It's uh, checkcheckhey.wordpress.com. Do check that out as well. Thank you. Uh, so now we've come to the song of the week. It's from the 1975, and the tune was called, and the tune is called Love It If We Made It. And uh, speaking of Fangirl, this is uh, her so far. She said this is the, uh, the song to beat for song of the year. And here we are just in the beginning of September. So uh, I don't know. It does. It sounds a little more intense than what you might be used to from the 1975. Uh, I dig it. It's got, it's got a deep message to it, Fangirl says. So have a listen. See what you think of the 1975. Love it if we made it. Song of the week on PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Chris, fuck